Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. So we're all big, big fans of folklore. Uh, folklore is a fascinating way to explore history, to explore a culture, to explore the world around you. And it may surprise some folks living in the West to learn that things the West treats as folklore are treated very much as reality in different parts of the world. In ancient North African and Middle Eastern belief systems, there is another type of sentient creature that exists invisible all around you. And they have their own beliefs. They have their own motivations. They're called jinn. Uh, Matt, you did, uh, you EP'd a wonderful series on jinn that happened after we did this episode. Yeah, there's a whole show right now that you can find called The Hidden Jinn. Check it out. It's really great. Hosted by Rabia Chaudhry. And it's, uh, an excellent show. It's on the Grim and Mild slate of shows from Aaron Mankey. But guys, we're, we're talking about genies, right? Yes. I know these things. They're blue. They shapeshift. <laughs> they do great impressions, right? Uh, a particular type of jinn may, but there are many types of jinn. You know, the coolest part of uh, their origin story is that they were created out of smokeless fire, which I always thought was so cool. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, I guess I'm late. I heard we were talking about jinn. Uh, you got 
Can I have mine? <laughs> 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 well, there's, uh, and we're also not talking about Jin, the rapper formerly with DMX, uh, who who's pretty good. Just a splash of tonic for me, <laughs> and a, yes. And a mint leaf. So uh, let's yeah. learn about Jin together, guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's so Thanks. done with it. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. I'm Ben, you are you, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, we hope this podcast finds you amid grand adventure. If so, we'd love to hear about it. So I'll just get this out of the way, because we talk about the Twitter and the Facebook stuff. Usually at the end of the show, right? Sure. Guys? Well, we'll just, we'll just mention here that if you haven't found us yet, please do. We are conspiracy stuff on both Facebook and Twitter. And that's one of the most immediate ways to contact us. We would like to thank the listeners out there who wrote to us several times over the past months and asked us to cover this topic because it just kept popping up in conversation, right? Yeah, it would pop up in conversation and on the fringes of a topic that we were discussing. It came up, I think, in Alchemy. I remember you guys mentioning it, and it came up in a couple other places right before that, too. I also seem to recall it coming up one time where I was like, aren't all gin demons? And Ben schooled me real quick, so hopefully we'll get some more of that schooling. Oh, I don't know. We might get schooled on this one, guys. Uh, we might. We might be the ones going to school because this is one of our, this is an episode that's somewhere between a folklore episode, a cryptid episode, a possession episode. Jin run into a lot of things. And first, first, we have to do a disclaimer for this one. As Ben said, this is an academic exploration of this topic about the folklore behind the uh, what a jinn is, what jinn are, and we're not we're not trying to persuade anybody mm-hmm. to to look at anything in a certain way, especially uh, to ascribe to any certain set of beliefs or anything like that. Right, and our goal is not to confirm or deny anyone's religious beliefs. Right, your spiritual convictions, as always, are your own. So let's get into this exploration. This has fascinated the three of us uh, for a long time. If you grew up in the West and are not uh, a practitioner of Islam or not familiar with some of the beliefs surrounding the Middle East and other related parts of the world, then you probably have some very specific ideas of what a jinn or a genie is. Oh, sure. I mean, a lot of my beliefs come from pop culture, from movies, television, books, comics, uh, things where it would be a genie, usually spelled with a G. Sometimes spelled with a J, as in the case of I Dream of Genie. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's back from the 60s. That's always the image I had of what it looked like inside the lamp. She had cushions everywhere, oh, yeah, and it was yeah. like this built-in, like, you know, it looked like a really sweet RV or something, you yeah. know, like with shag carpeting, you know, like it was the nice. 70s. It was super mm-hmm. nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then you go, you go to, you know, horror films that look at genies, like Wishmaster was one that I watched when I was younger. I probably shouldn't have watched it. Back then, wasn't that a Wes Craven movie? I think Wes Craven was part of it. He produced it or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then we get to Aladdin, the Disney movie, which you know I don't know about you guys, but I was quoting that movie for years. Yeah, man, I had that soundtrack on CD. It's yeah. a fantastic, 
it's just a fantastic film. I rewatched it recently, and it, it, it holds up for I'll sure. I'll say film. Film. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was film. Uh, and then you, you know, you move a little bit forward and you get to video games where there are different types of gins, uh, that I've encountered in many a virtual world. You probably have too. So what do we know about what these gins are from these things? I'd have to say, I think you passed over a very important gin, Snoop Dogg's gin and juice. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry. I also pa- uh, passed over Kazam, you know. Oh, we forgot Kazam. Yeah, Oof. Shaq, thank we you. narrowly avoided the email on that one <laughs> from Shaq himself. But, so what do we know about genies from those uh, pieces of pop culture? Well, here's some of the main, I, I guess we can call them tropes, that have been established about your standard run-of-the-mill genie, gin, mm-hmm. call it what you will. Uh, one, often they are imprisoned. Inside a material artifact, usually a, a ring or, you know, typically a lamp. Yeah. But I guess it could be really anything. Could be perhaps a chest of some kind, like a book even. You know, you see different versions. Remember, um, the Care Bears movie where there was this creepy green faced ghost thing trapped inside of a book that yeah. made the magician's assistant like do weird stuff. I do not. I would argue this. that that is a, a, a gin in a way because it's in sort of imprisoned in, inside this uh, artifact. Anyway, I digress. That always scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. That, was, that, that felt like a very intense film when I saw it that. It was really intense. A movie. I'll see. Yeah. Okay, that was that really, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's, a, that's a huge part of it. Number two, typically they grant wishes with perilous outcomes. And think of even like in films, you have like an evil like apparition that can say, I can make this happen for you, you know, but then other things fall apart as a result of it. You know, that's not really what we think of when we think of Aladdin, you know, but that usually those wishes were, right. I want to be the king or I yes. want to be, you know, Prince Ali or whatever. And that all worked out. But there, um, well, there are things that go wrong along the way trying to get this wish, but it doesn't necessarily have this built in catastrophe. Like yeah. this one to one, like you wish Monkey's for a thing that thing. means something sure. horrible has has happened to somebody else. So um, the perilous outcomes definitely different versions of that. And finally, I mean, a, a really common perception of this genie type of gin um, is that they have magical powers, mm-hmm. you know, can shape shift. Mm-hmm. And to me, something that and always sticks with it for me is that they have a master that once they appear to them, they are bound to that master until they have used up some finite number. of of wishes. Yep. Interesting stuff, you know, because th- what we're talking about now would be, again, these Western conceptions we have based largely on pop culture, uh, probably one of the biggest popularizers of the, of Jin folklore, the concept of Jin comes to us from, uh, Sherazade and yes. the Thousand and One stories, right? Or excuse me, a thousand and one Arabian Nights. But before we go into the actual world or belief system involving jinn, I have to ask you guys, because I, I can't let it go. Listeners, you may have heard me accidentally humming part of this song as as Noel and Matt were talking. What's your favorite song from the Aladdin soundtrack? Oh, man. Do you have one? Musically, I'm really fond of the Arabian Nights song. Um, it's got a really cool melody, mm-hmm. very evocative. I do think that's interesting. I, when I watched, rewatched Aladdin recently, the lyrics changed a little bit. What couple, do you mean? couple lines. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, like, like a lines. Mandela effect. Kind uh, of thing? No, no, there was this. I, I remember when it came out, and I had the soundtrack, and there's a line in the song where it says, talking about you know what it's like in this part of the world, mm-hmm. and there's a line that says where they cut off your 
hand if they don't like your face. Mm-hmm. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Mm-hmm. And they, they changed that. It's not that lyric anymore. Oh, wow. Do you think that was due maybe to post 9-11? I'm not sure when it happened, or? but, um, you know, someone definitely in, <laughs> in somewhere along that process found that line to be offensive. So do you think maybe it was just a censorship thing where they said that line is too, too much for kids? It's possible. Yeah. That's I what I would, that. that's what I would think. I mean, because you know, I think too, that movie's been reissued probably several times. So mm-hmm. I'd also be interested to see at what point that happened, but mm-hmm. we digress. But we digress. So let's digress further. Is, is yeah, that yeah. what some let's of these guys are All the way to the beginning. Yeah, let's digress all the way to the beginning as, uh, as the Mad Hatter said to Alice, start at the beginning, go through the middle and stop at the end. Jin. Spelled J-I-N-N in English, sometimes D-J-I-N-N, the root of genies. This concept, uh, well, let's look at the word first, etymology. It's often said to come from an Arabic root word meaning to hide. And some interpretations take this a little bit further to mean beings who are concealed from the senses. Uh, jinn is the plural. The singular would be genie, J-I-N-N-I. And that's where genie comes from, but uh, it, when it was anglicized, in some places people took it to mean a guardian of a specific place. And, and while these are popular theories, uh, there there are also competing theories or interpretations. Uh, one saying that one saying that genie or the concept originally came from what were seen as demons or evil spirits in early Christian or Judeo-Christian beliefs. Mm -hmm. But unlike some other supernatural beings, uh, jinn are actually mentioned in the Quran. They have an origin story. Right. Um, In the Quran, God actually makes three sapient forms of life, um, angels, jinn, and humans. Men were made of clay, angels from light, and jinn are described as being made of a smokeless, scorching fire, which is sort of sinister sounding, if you ask me. Crazy stuff. Like humans, jinn have free will. Some are Muslim and some are not. And like humans, jinn being capable of good and bad will be judged by God on the day of judgment and sent to hell or to paradise as their actions accord. But here's the thing. Although jinn are mentioned in the Quran, they were believed in before the, before Islam. They were, they were pre-Islamic originally. And in some cases, there's some evidence that they were Maybe gods or at least spirits that were paid tribute to. Uh, in, wow. in Palmyra, for example, yeah, there's this Aramaic inscription, a place called Beth Fasiel, uh, which pays tribute to the genie spelled G-I-N-N-A-Y-E as the good and rewarding gods. Wow. So until about the fourth century, as we rate time today, uh, many of the populations that were in the Middle East practiced a different polytheistic religions. There were, there were significant Jewish and later Christian minorities that developed, but polytheism remained the dominant belief system in pre-Islamic Arabia. And jinn, which started 
in some cases being worshipped as gods, are thought to have later been downgraded to lesser status as spirits, as demons, especially after the religious waves of monotheism. Yeah, I can see that. You demonize the gods that came prior. I understand that. Well, there's religious syncretism too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that... The idea that when a religion is growing or spreading, it says, well, these other things that exist do exist and we're not, uh, what, what we're doing is we're showing you why they exist. They're yes. also part of this belief system, which is the one true belief system is typically how a lot of religions handle it. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So, where do Jin hang out? A lot of times they're in dark places. Uh, that may be why when the Westerners came along to create stories out of this, they put them in a lamp that's really dark or in a, a you know, a ring or in a cave or something like that. Lost as well, like sort of like they're buried, like, like you know, uh-huh. um, totally shut away as if they were not ever meant to be discovered again kind of thing. Yes, yeah. again, because they're supposed to be isolated, right? Right, and if we could talk just a little bit about the idea of where the artifact belief comes in, uh, Solomon was, King Solomon was thought to command spirits that were, a type of jinn uh, through the use of a ring, right? The ring mm-hmm. of Solomon, which I think also still shows up in pop culture, right? Yeah. Oh, the the that ring is everywhere. I w- I would say, and I don't know if this is true because I haven't looked too much into mm-hmm. it, but the one ring to rule them all, I <laughs> think that might ha- like have some kickbacks towards Mister Solomon. And then also the uh, also we should mention uh, the grimoires or the books of magic known as the key of Solomon or the lesser keys of Solomon also thought to contain rituals, which when performed properly allow one to communicate with and or control these spirits. Uh, Matt, Noel and I have not attempted to do this as far as I know. Uh, Speak for yourself, sir. Yeah. Okay. We, we kind of had a thing. Okay. Matt and Noel have attempted to do this. <laughs> I don't want to put you guys on blast and ask too much about how, how it worked out. Well, I mean, we're here, right? That, I, that doesn't change one way or the other. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the idea here, which I thought was fascinating and I'm, I'm speculating here. I wanted to ask you listeners because I couldn't find any solid proof of this, but were there Jin cults? Like what other than you know, other than being a statue or shrine one would pay tribute to, were there actually religious systems that were large built on worshiping maybe one or two creatures or gods that would later become jinn? I don't know, but it's interesting. Well, yeah, and it wouldn't have to be, it wouldn't have to be that large to be uh, a cult of a certain jinn, especially if it was worshiped, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years for a mm-hmm. while there mm-hmm. as a god, then everything broke off as the new religions came through, and then they, you know, maybe an isolated group somewhere. Mm-hmm. I can totally imagine that. I can also see, like, maybe there's, like, a rogue jinn, you know, who wants to, like, become more like a god and then command his own followers. I could just see that in terms of, like, folklore. Oh, yeah, that happens. And uh we'll get to it in just a second. I think you'll really appreciate this part. Before we get to that, Let's talk about the different types of jinn, because not all are created equal. Some have specialties, some are automatically evil, some could go either way. But as we go into this, do you want to establish that the folklore gets kind of sticky because there are creatures or beings in other, in other regions or in sometimes even in other belief systems that are considered jinn. And then there, there are arguments that people will have over whether the, whether one type of creature should be considered a subclass of jinn or its own thing. Gotcha. Well, with that being said, jinn are 
smart, have social organizations uh, in their community. They have kings, they have laws, they have marriages, they have births, you know, all the normal days of our lives stuff. They just, all the boring stuff. Mm, but while humans cannot perceive Jin, apparently they can perceive the human world. So this, it's an interesting idea because it means that there is an invisible world occurring all around us and we are in some sort of glass house of existence or some sort of one way mirror. Yeah. There, there are a few planes of existence up than we are Mm -hmm. and somehow they can see down, but the mirror only goes one way. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So one common belief in, in Muslim lore list, again, this list is not, this list is not universally accepted, but let's, let's look at the various types of jinn. The first would be, uh, the marid or married, uh, M-A-R-I-D. And I do apologize for pronunciation of Arabic here. Uh, in Lane's Arabic English lexicon, these types of jinn are said to be the strongest, the ones of great power, uh, in, in the, in the Lane's lexicon, they're actually said to be evil, but this isn't universally agreed on. These are the ones we think of when we think of the genie in Aladdin. The ability to do all these powerful things, even unto granting wishes. If you flatter them enough, if they mm-hmm. like you, if you do something for them, uh, and that's, so that's what people in the West generally think about, but that's not all of the jinn in the world. No, you also have an ifrit, and this is one that I have uh, heard of before. You may have heard of this as well. It's often described as this enormous winged creature of fire. Think a phoenix almost in my head. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, it can be either sex, male or female. It lives ground, uh, underground, and a lot of times it will, it will fly around ruins of some place where mm-hmm. uh, tragedy has occurred or war has been fought or, you know, where, where something has, where something has occurred where perhaps there was some death. And then we get to, it's called the, the shaitan or the shaitan, uh, S-H-I-T-A-N, S-H-A-Y-T-A-N. This, this goes exactly to what you were talking about, Noel. So, uh, the concept is, is like this, that, during the creation of the world, there is one jinn that refuses to bow to God. Its name is Iblis. Hey, sounds familiar. Sounds, sounds familiar. a little like, oh, I don't know. Satan. <laughs> was that a church lady reference? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know, was it? So this is, this would be considered the devil in the Quran. And the devil had followers, a jinn who decided to side with Iblis. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because while there are parallels, they are you know there are differences as well. The primary thing here is that these creatures, which sometimes are not considered jinn but simply demons, depending upon which scholar you're talking to or, or which book you're basing it on, mm-hmm. is it based on the Quran? Is it based on earlier like folklore, right? Academic Mm -hmm. studies. So there are going to be differences in interpretation here, but the main thing that always stays the same is that these are the bad guys. Nice. They're not cool. Uh, And then speaking the the shaitan. Yeah. Speaking of not cool, there's uh, something else. The ghoul. So I guess that's where that word comes from. 
Yes. Yeah, just so. Yeah. Nowadays, we think of ghouls as the, um, as uh, similar to a vampire, right? These undead creatures, uh, usually that eat flesh rather than drink blood for sustenance. Ghouls and, and goblins is what I see. I see mm-hmm. two, two D little pixelated things. They tend to travel by shambling. Yes, that the is their primary <laughs> form of locomotion. Mm-hmm. I actually think uh, I play the the Fallout series a lot. I really enjoy those, and there is a whole um, you know group of characters called ghouls, and they've basically been irradiated to the point where they're they look like you know zombies, but they don't necessarily eat flesh unless they've kind of past a threshold, and then they get to a point Gone where they, they will be, exactly. They're called feral ghouls. Exactly. Do they have uh, Do they have any? Profound abilities, or are they just rotting people? Um, it depends. Like there are some that are so irradiated that they can actually shoot like radiation energy at you and like vomit, like you know, radiate radioactive goo. Um, but you know, some of the ones that are that are still more or less human, they they you know run taverns. Things like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. So the ghouls that we're talking about are a little different, Noel. I know, but I, know. I love those ghouls. Uh, there are several that you interact with in the third one that make me very happy. Uh, but these these a lot of times will inhabit a graveyard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or other places that just there's no humans, no mm-hmm. live humans. And this type of jinn uh, has been said to be sired by iblis, so not siding with this. Uh, diabolical character against God, but to have been created by this diabolical character. And then there is the Jan, J-A-N-N, uh, thought of as the weakest type of Jin. So a few traditions divide Jin into three classes, those who have wings and fly in the air, those who resemble snakes and dogs, and those who simply travel ceaselessly, but they've also been described as creatures of different forms, vultures, snakes, others look humanoid, they might even be dragons or a number of other animals. And and it's said that some of these can shapeshift, right? Right. So yeah. that would may be another reason why we have so many different de- depictions of animals and and. Very widely varying animals. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about gin and magic. Did you, did you think I was going to say gin and juice? I was really hoping you would. <laughs> I was hoping I would too. Hope springs eternal. I guess that'll be for after work, right? Uh, in folklore, of course, these beings are often associated with magic. It's a concept that exists in the modern day still as the old rub a magic lamp, mm-hmm. get some wishes bits. And we mentioned that uh, certain historical humans, like King Solomon, were said to control uh, jinn, and in some ways, acts of magic entirely have been described as a magician entering into some sort of contract with one or more of these beings of jinn and worshipping them or, uh, I guess, paying some sort of obeisance in order to receive information. That's one of the big ones mm-hmm. uh, about unknown things, so clairsentience, clairvoyance, or to receive riches, power, well, you know, the yep, whole the standard, the usual, the usual uh, supervillain starter package. And we've got some lines from the Quran here. I had mentioned Iblis, right? We mentioned mm-hmm. Iblis, uh, who would be Satan in, in this story. Uh, Satan didn't follow, or Iblis didn't follow God's command to prostrate himself unto man. So he still he, ah. he still wouldn't play ball, but he said, 
I'm not the one to prostrate myself to a human being uh, because, you know, you made them out of clay. And then to, to which point God said, get out. Yeah. And the existence of jinn, as mentioned in the Quran, matters immensely, maybe more so than you might think, because for many people, they would say, well, Matt, Noel, Ben, this is interesting, but this is folklore. Why are you talking about it? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up... So does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 
here's where it gets crazy. You see, belief in jinn is not something restricted to thousands of years ago. It is not something that exists distant chronologically. There is a modern belief in jinn. There are, like, people across the world believe that jinn are real. Yeah, and they want to prove that it's real through science. Right. Uh, though not all Muslims believe in jinn, many do, and some universities publish research and hold workshops seeking to prove the existence of jinn and argue how they exist in the modern world or how science can help humanity understand the nature of these beings. So an example would be from Jin Invade Campus by Purvis Hoodboy. Um, a workshop, quote, a workshop titled Jinns and Black Magic was organized in Islamabad by the Department of Humanities at the Comsats Institute of Technology, which is the uh, CIIT. One of Pakistan's largest universities. The invited speaker, Raza Zia al-Haq, introduced as a spiritual cardiologist is reputedly an expert on demonic possessions and evil spirits. So this is an elite university in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So this this is an active area of study, right? It's it's very important to say for instance unlike um unlike what what would another thing be fairies or you know uh imagine insert supernatural being sure. here uh it's it's not as uh it's not as derided as those kinds of beliefs. Or if kind of like an uh, an angel's expert came to speak at Harvard or something is yeah. what I'm imagining. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison, you know, or at MIT or something. Mm-hmm. So while proposing theories about the nature of Jin, these researchers and academics have at times have at times said, well, science can help us understand these. We're there. You'll see references to maybe microorganisms or parallel universes or forms of imperceivable energy and higher frequencies. At this point, the concept of jinn is not scientifically accepted in the West or many non-Muslim parts of the world. And again, we want to emphasize we're not painting with a broad brush here. We're saying nothing about all people of a specific religion where what we are establishing instead is that people in the modern world today, as you listen to this, believe that Jin exists. And that's not just it. They, they don't just exist as some sort of passive watchful entities, right? That you can maybe uh, get some wishes out of if you have the right ring or the right lamp. They have agency. They have the ability to do things in the human world to humans. And this is kind of the disturbing part. I don't know, man. I feel like there's plenty of Christians that would say the same thing about angels. I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, But the creepy thing here is what if these things do exist and they can possess humans to cause humans to do things that they normally wouldn't? Perhaps uh, to influence something politically, Mm -hmm. a movement, Mm -hmm. something like that. I, I, that's one of the beliefs, right? Right. Yeah. There's this belief that jinn are able to possess human beings. And this, this is a weird thing. So you can go right now on YouTube and see footage of what, what are said to be exorcisms. And we, we talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit in a previous episode when we covered, uh, the differences between exorcisms around the world. You know, like the, the Catholic Church has a very specific Right. And, and, uh, and in Islam, uh, there are specific rights as well. 
you can also find people who are, you know, who are describing the signs of possession by a jinn or the signs of someone trafficking in magic, the sign that uh, you have encountered somehow a jinn. And the possession is typically exorcised through uh, the recitation of the Quran, uh, seeking refuge, remembrance, and supplicators uh, as it's also a way that other sicknesses or problems might be addressed. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like people to check out our epi- our previous episode on exorcism yes. because we had an interesting conversation that I guess we won't get into too much here, but I want to know what you folks think. Is possession real in your experience? Because we know that historically signs of mental illness were mistaken for possession. Uh, we know that signs of grief or maybe psychotic breaks or maybe even uh, mental disabilities all mistaken for possession at some point in the past, which is a horrific thing. But according to people who believe this, Jim, Jim possession is something that experts can clearly discern and through the use of these techniques drive uh drive the jinn out and unlike demons possessing people in catholic or christian belief systems uh jinn are not necessarily evil yeah that's a huge difference they have free will so i i was uh looking at in the course of research i was looking at uh some some scholars some islamic scholars talking about jinn possession and one of the Big reasons uh, for possession, according to some of these sources, was love, like a jinn being in love with a human. With the human that they're possessing or yeah. with another human that they're possessing A to get to B? Either way. Whoa. What if we take it back a step to our early description of kind of the preconceived ideas of a genie or a Ooh. jinn? And as we've gotten to where we are now in the podcast, I think we've sort of taking that apart a little bit. And I'm just wondering, is that, do you consider that version, those points we made about, mm-hmm. you know, being chained to a, uh, an artifact of some sort and, you know, granting wishes and things like that. And ultimately being a force for kind of chaos, uh, based on what happens when those wishes are granted is all that just from kind of like whitewashed, like re tellings of, you know, folk stories and made to be more palatable for a wider audience, sort of like in the same way that, you know, grim fairy tales were much, much nastier and then they're sort of retooled, you know. That's a really interesting question. What do you think, Matt? I would say that's exactly what's happened because we've got one specific type of jinn that are being described by most of the popular culture uh, that the Marid, I, I don't know how to say it correctly, I think it's the Marid. Uh, and, you know, so you've got that one particular story and then you kind of expand out and say, well, this is what all genies are like when you look at it through mm-hmm. that lens. Uh, I think that's what's happening. Yeah, I can see the religious syncretism uh, occurring there as well. And it's also important for us to note that modern belief in Jin is not necessarily unique in in that um in just in the the process of this sort of belief for instance there are other persistent beliefs in things that you know the rest of the world would call supernatural rather than factual uh, ghosts of ancestors are still commonly venerated in religions around the world and then invisible elves in iceland you guys heard about yes. that right they they're real guys i think they're real 
the Huldu folk, uh, these elves in Icelandic folklore. Uh, the, the belief is so commonplace or purportedly so commonplace that it affects modern construction. Also, I, one, one thing that fascinates me is when, when people look at beliefs in spirits and, and, you know, there are some people who could put up a very strong argument that Jin are not spirits so much as they are another type of living thinking being, you know, because they do live. They're not undead. So this stuff astonishes and amazes me, both the growth of the folklore to the modern day beliefs. And I know for certain that it is easy for some people to feel maybe condescending in some way and say, oh, look at this outdated belief, and I live in the modern age, and because I live in the modern age, I know better than these people who believe differently from me. But especially if you live in the developed world, I would ask you uh, to examine some of the common beliefs we have. Future historians are going to think that we were so foolish when we explain the following situation. Yes, back in the day, we used to hop into these machines that weighed thousands and thousands of pounds and were, ex- and were powered by explosions internally, and we would drive within feet of each other because we called it driving. And they would say, well, hey, wait, uh, how did you do it safely? And we said, well, we had this honor system. You see, we painted lines on places where we would drive, and we just said we wouldn't hit each other. And we'd say, oh, but so is that how you avoided accidents? And we'd say, no, no, accidents happened. Constantly. Constantly. We we just, we believed we were safer. But nobody got hurt. <laughs> right, right. So I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that it is an error for anyone, me, Noel, Matt, you, perhaps, listener, to assume that we have the conclusive and final answer uh, on what we believe and the worth of what we believe, right? So I would say we have to be very careful not to cast aspersions or stones. You know, if I'm in Iceland and somebody tells me not to mess with a rock because something lives there, You just go, okay. Yeah, whether or not I personally believe I'm not going to launch into some lecture you know, about the, the nature of geology. Uh, and this, this is where we leave it. We are a world filled to the brim with people. There are billions of us. And amongst those billions, depending on who you believe and what you're reading, there exist billions more unseen things that in terms of philosophy and mental ability, quite similar to us. So just like our earlier earlier work on coded languages, you know, the, again, there's this invisible world. And more and more I think about it, we're running into these concepts of invisible worlds. We talked about uh, train hoppers and some things, uh, serial killer cults. When we talked about jinn. So that's, that's really what I see us going into more and more are these ideas of hidden worlds and this concept of what we can and cannot prove. But I have a question uh, for you guys, listeners. Do you have any, in your neck of the woods, do you have any um, popular folklore beliefs 
in an unseen or supernatural beings? And if so, do you believe the stories? Why could you tell us some specifics? Yeah, do you have any anecdotes where mm-hmm. you maybe have had an encounter? Yeah. I want to hear those. Yeah, that you could or could not explain. And I'd like to close on a question for you guys. If if we each had a wish and it was and you couldn't wish for more wishes, what what would your wish be? Oh man, this is tough. I think I would probably I mean, there, there's two, there's, you, you could split it down the middle. You could go yeah. for like a, a very self-serving wish, mm-hmm. or you could go for a wish that helps others. But then you get into that situation where it's all about the language, it's all about the wording of the yeah, wish. Yeah, it's very You gotta be really things. careful, you know, because mm-hmm. you might say, I want world peace, and it means that everyone dies. Right, yeah, or yeah. you might say, you might say, I want to live forever, and you do, but you still age. Yeah. And everywhere you're trapped somewhere. Yeah. And all your loved ones die around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would just, I would wish I would do some, uh, some, um, very carefully worded version of just, you know, just wanting to never, you know, n- like be able to always make sure I can take care of my family and myself mm-hmm. and just have maybe not absurd wealth, but just be comfortable all the time and never have to worry about paying bills and anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Just have some sort of like, maybe, maybe it's a magic platinum card that you can just pay for everything with and, <laughs> wow. and that you never get a bill, you know, something like that. I know that's very selfish and boring, but I just feel yeah, like the world peace one would, you know could potentially be disastrous. Yeah. And that's great. I would ask for a single, let's say a single tomato plant that always has tomatoes on it. Always. No matter how many tomatoes you take from the plant, there's always more tomatoes. I feel like you get sick of tomatoes. Uh, I don't care, man. Would I would get part sick of, the of wish? tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and I will never. And yeah, this caveat at the end. I will never, never get sick of tomatoes. I can always sell the tomatoes. That's what I'm saying. Have you been going through some tomato-related shenanigans, man? Are you okay? (laughs) I was trying to imagine something that would be super manageable, that would be small. I was trying to think of ways that it could hurt me. Oh, yeah. I don't think... You'd have to... What if they were killer tomatoes? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you you didn't mention the size of the plant. Oh, So what if it's so huge? Dude, you're boned. Oh, it's over. It's okay. Uh, We we don't have a genie in the room. what, What about you, Ben? I have no idea, and I'm not sure I want to reveal that much about my personality, well, but fair is make, fair. Make one up, like, pretend. Uh, I would, okay, I would probably wish for, in a very carefully worded way, as Noel said, I would wish for uh, some series of superpowers, and I would try to sneak them all in as, like, the same thing. My one wish would be a run-on sentence, oh, obviously, nice. just a... CYA, right? And then I would try to use those powers to make the world a better place because it's all about the journey, isn't it? And, uh, and I also think I'm also concerned just in this fictional world of granted wishes. I also wonder if there's some higher chance or likelihood of things going wrong if the wish affects more people. So maybe if you just wish for something for yourself and then use that to affect a larger change, it's safer. It's really good, Ben. I mean, even something like invisibility. Let's think about how often that comes into play as being the ultimate power to get things done. You know what I mean? So (laughs) you could certainly affect some change with invisibility. You could sneak into so many places in Bermuda and Singapore. And you could do the next Panama Papers. I would. Well, you know, 
that's the thing. Would you be invisible to the human eye, invisible to everything? Could you wear clothes? Because I don't want to try to no, sleep you would, in a place naked. No, you would want to be naked. invisible at will to all. <laughs> <laughs> but then would you just fall through the map? Uh, listeners, video uh, game reference, sir. listeners, uh, I know Matt and I wish you guys could see the way that Noel's eyes lit up when he said <laughs> through all. That was great. Uh, yeah, I would go for, uh, invulnerability, teleportation. I would say psionic powers just so I could get all of them. Just say all the X-Men. That's all you have to say. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some X-Men who aren't that great. It's true. But, uh, that, that Jen's gonna call shenanigans on that wish though, dude. Like, I mean, it's like, come yeah. on, man. Come on. Yeah, they've seen it all. They're you not, can't, you can't do that. Like, who do you, you think you pick, are? Pick, pick one mm-hmm. puny mortal and then exactly. they would crush you with their giant thumb. Yeah. Or, or maybe oh. it'll short circuit and it'll say, you know, I've had a hard week, Ben. Best I could do is a cheesesteak. And I'll say, Thanks, dude. It's cool, man. I appreciate it. Never-ending cheesesteak. It better be there's a great always cheese more cheesesteak. The never-ending cheesesteak. Dude, that's crazy. You could feed the world with one cheesesteak cheese that never ends. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think we're optimistic <laughs> here and we're thinking of, uh, we're thinking of the best possible outcomes, but I'm going to spend some time, uh, I'm going to spend some time pondering what a decent wish would be and how you would write it. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode, ladies and gentlemen. What kind of stuff would you wish for? And please do remember to tell us about what kind of things or beings you've heard about in your neck of the global woods. We want to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, it's time for Shout Out Corners. Yes, that's right. Shout out corner. The moment in every show where we shout out listeners who request said shout out. Um, first today, we have one for East Bay Newt, a.k.a. Newtie. Uh, he or she is interested in hearing more about Planet Nine. Hmm. And I, I fear I, I can't help with that. Can you, what's, what's, what's oh, Planet it's, Nine? It's the proposed ninth planet that we found in the solar system hmm. that's out Passed over there by Pluto, way out there. Oh, I missed that one, guys. I want to know more too. It yeah. hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's we're pretty sure there's something there from mm-hmm. from the uh, the way the other planets move. Well, let's dig into it. That's an excellent suggestion. Thank you, Nudie. Our next shout out is from Justin for this quote specifically. The best way to find a needle in a haystack is to set the hay on fire. This goes back to our earlier conversation about the Panama Papers, uh, and you can find Justin. He is at Mathanug, and that's M-A-T-H-A-N-U-G-G if you want to follow him and hear more interesting quotes. If I remember correctly, though, I think the analogy we used was a needle in a pile of needles, but unfortunately, needles are not flammable. (laughs) (laughs) In that case, it was needles on needles. And finally today, shout out to Debbie Zutant. I think I'm saying that correctly. She wrote to us on Facebook. She said some very nice things. And she also said if we are ever in the Florida Keys, gentlemen, uh, we are invited out to her bar where she bartends. And she will. She said we'll have an extra special time, I guess, because she, she would get us drunk. Sounds like a plan. Game. Game on. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. 
We are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.